Hey, this is Father Chris Ortega. And I'm Abby Byron Goslin. And this is uh, Casual Conversations with It's Catholic Young. It's Catholic Young, yeah. And uh, so today we're just going to be talking about a little bit about youth ministry, like the courage teens need to have, our own experiences being brought up. And we're going to be talking about family um, and what it's like to kind of live out our faith in the South. Yeah. Oh, and for those who don't know, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> and I'm a lay campus minister that works with um, all of our campus ministries. Um, we're hoping that these casual conversations um, are going to be a help to you uh, and provide you with some inspiration and encouragement throughout your week uh, and help you be able to live out your faith every day. It's Catholic, y'all. It's Catholic, y'all. It's Catholic, y'all. Welcome to It's Catholic, y'all, a podcast series from the Catholic Diocese of Savannah. The Diocese of Savannah covers 90 counties in South Georgia, whose total population is less than 3% Catholic. Stories of life, love, and faith across cultures, traditions, and geography. It's Catholic, y'all! Hey, Sue, um, this last week, uh, I, went, uh, I went to uh, Arizona for the, the Youth Ministers Training Convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was out in Arizona uh, with Life Teen, and it was, oh my gosh, it was such a really powerful experience. It was really good. Um, I don't know. The, there was a, gosh, like, so, oh, okay. So I was part of a traveling youth ministry. I was on Net Ministries, mm-hmm. and, um, and so being able just to get to know a lot of different people um, in my time um, before becoming a priest, and, like, I'm at this training in Arizona, and then I'm just encountering like so many people that I know from all over the U.S. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know you, I know you. And like there's these other priests that I got to know through social media and it was just really cool just to be able to connect and learn a lot of stuff and be able to pray. And I don't know, it was just, it was just a very powerful, really good time just to be with all those people. So when you were at that training conference, what were some of the things that you guys were learning about? Um, gosh, there's a, there's a lot of different little things here and there. Um, I mean, one of the one of the main things. What was? Mm-hmm, I don't even know how to say this. They. So it's it's about youth ministry, um, but they're also starting to realize, and it's kind of something I guess we can all begin to relate to and understand that youth ministry needs to not just be youth ministry. Um, mm. It's actually family ministry. Nice. Um, and so yeah, it was the focus is you know how are we getting to know these teens? You know, th- you know where they're at in different places in their faith. Um, small towns, big cities, um, but then ultimately let, we're reaching out to the young people, but they're coming from their families. Like their parents are in, can be invested, should uh, ought to be invested, I suppose. Um, and it's just, you know, what are we doing to reach out to the parents, to those families, uh, to incorporate them, to get them involved? And granted, you know, every family is different, different dynamics. Uh, there are different, you know, struggles that are going through, um, and the teens are also, they also have, like, their schedules are just so packed with sports and extracurricular activities. Right. And so you have these parents that are also involved in that. In addition, they're dealing with life, um, you know, taking care of the family and all the responsibilities of that. And so it's, you know, how are we going out to take care of the families, to be there with them, at least to support them? Um, there was a, there's one story of this one woman who, whenever she would interact with the parents that are coming in to you know, register their children for um, for religion classes or just to be part of the youth ministry somehow, she would sit down with the parents and the teen. And, like, the there were some questions that she would definitely ask. And some of those questions were, 
um, what can I do for you? Mm. You know, what do you need from me? Um, how can I pray for you? Um, so like there were like it was just more like this investment of like I'm not just here for them I'm here for you as a parent like what do you need from me how can how can I help you out as your role as a parent um, how can I help you grow in your faith um, which is kind of it's, it was really cool to be able to hear that um, but yeah and oh, there were, oh okay so <laughs> there was this really cool um, uh, talk this breakout session that we had um, and there was like eight different talks you go to for these different breakouts and you're like oh which one do I pick. Um, but there was a really cool one on rural ministry. Um, and this guy, what was his name? Was it Doug? It might not be Doug. It might be like Greg. I have no idea. Um, I forget. But like, so he's like from Montana. And uh, he was just saying the way you minister to like a, a mission type of diocese, which is kind of the diocese that we have here in Savannah, yeah. um, is completely different because, you know, the, I mean, life there, everyone is, so spread out. Um, you might have a parish, but you know they're not tight communities as you would normally have, maybe in, in a huge city, um, in a larger city. Um, so it's you know what do we do to reach out to them? Um, what do we do to to establish um, some type of um, youth event, some type of outreach? The way you interact with people is going to be different. Um, being in Montana, he was saying that like so a lot of the the Indian reservations are there, and so he was just saying how um, he's he's kind of a guy that kind of needs to know an answer, you know, going with things, and he, so he's talking to one of the parents and uh, a Native American, and um, like the the guy asks him a question, asks the the father a question, and then uh, this father, this Native American, just kind of just stops and just kind of looks at him. And then the guy's like, oh, did I mess up? Did I say something wrong? Like, am I offending him? And he, and he begins to apologize because he's not getting a response back. Mm-hmm. And uh, this father was just all like, you need to calm down. It's <laughs> like, you need to relax. And like this, you know, he, he had more of this like experiencing life and just taking it in and not needing just to be on top of things all the time. And so the guy is realizing, oh, my gosh, like this is their culture. Like this is how they right. approach things. Um, and so it's understanding like the a smaller rural mission setting has a different culture, has a different pace of life, has a different dynamic. Um, so being there, sitting in on that, I'm like, wow. Like there's a lot of little things that the deacon and I, where we're sitting down, we're like taking notes. We're like, oh my gosh, this is really good. Like, um, so yeah, that was, I don't know. There was a couple of things that really stuck out to me. That's great. I think um, getting the families involved is so important. I'm really glad to hear that that's the direction they were taking that. Yeah. Um, I just remember, like, I would go to teen events when I was growing up, and I would, like, dread going back home. Not because, like, I had a bad family or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. just because my parents didn't get it at Mm -hmm. that time. Um, You know, and I remember, like, we'd be having conversations about, like, oh, you're going on another retreat. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) My mom would call me when I was in college, and she's like, Oh, you're in the chapel again? Are you okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> it's like, yeah, mom, I just like to pray. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, and it was really hard to kind of 
uh, in the process of going through my own conversion or reversion kind of back to the faith, it was really hard to then have to take that back home and try to Mm. immediately put it into practice and evangelizing your family. Um, And I feel like for years, that's what's been happening is like we've been evangelizing teens um, and really helping them fall in love with Jesus um, and hopefully equipping them to be able to go back into kind of the war zone of their families. But the reality is most of them didn't necessarily have the tools that they needed to be able to bring their family to Christ as well. Now, I'm happy to report that 10 years later, my family has either just given up and they're okay with it, (laughs) or they've gotten on board. Um, But no, I actually think they've gotten on board. It's really great. We pray together as a family now, and that's a pretty great great gift. So I hope there's a lot of fruit like that that comes from that conference. Yeah. You know, like, and so my experience growing up, so yeah, you know, a parish had life teen. Um, But like, so yeah, when when I started to get into my faith, it was just right after my freshman year in high school. Um, And I just had a conversion, reversion, whatever. Um, And I was just, I was just on fire. I just had come back from a retreat and I was all like, I love you. Jesus loves you. I love you because Jesus loves you. Like I was just so on fire. Love me too. <laughs> right. And um and I remember like my parents were just like, Who are you? And what have you done with our son? Exactly. And, uh, you know, I was all like, What, what? Jesus loves everyone. And um but it was just like a really great experience. Um and you know, I just started to get involved, going to youth group, youth ministry so much. Um or you know, going there to, to the youth ministry that was being offered there and um, going on these retreats, going to church. And like, it was, it was a struggle for me as a teen to understand the balance. Like, and I, I see there was, there, there wasn't that kind of um, education formation, I suppose, uh, uh, and no fault of, uh, of, of the youth ministers that were there. Um, but like, yeah, like I wasn't shown the tools of like how to live out my faith um, and how to like bring it home. Um, so it, it always brought about a lot of tension. It, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and so it was like, I remember, oh, I love my parents. Um, but like my dad was just like, what are they, de- what are they teaching you over there? Are they teaching you <laughs> that you're going to serve everybody else, but you're not going to like be with your family? Is that what they're teaching you? And I would be like, <laughs> dad, like, you know, like, I, I, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just couldn't explain it. And in retrospect, you know, I felt my faith being nourished in this in this environment, and it wasn't being nourished at home. And so, I yeah, I gravitated towards that. Um, it wasn't until like towards my senior year in high school, though, that I started to realize, like, wait, no, like, God made sure that I was born into this family. Um, and so, like, I was just like yeah, processing absolutely. through it. I'm like, hey, wait, if God made sure that that this was the family that I was going to be born to, and God desires me to be holy, then the implications are that like this family is meant to make me holy which means I need to be with my family more and more. And, like, I remember coming to that understanding little by little. And so, like, I, I wasn't stepping away from, from youth group on purpose, but it was more like I need to spend time with my family if sure. God is calling me to holiness and my family is part of holiness, that, that call, that I need to be there with them as well. And it was kind of a, a, a maturing process. Um, and uh, But, you know, I was still going to, to youth group and everything. Um, but, yeah, like, the struggle was real. <laughs> the struggle yeah. was real. Well, and I'm hoping, like, with that shift of focus towards the family, mm-hmm. maybe there won't be as much tension of, like, you're either choosing youth group or you're choosing family. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully there's mm-hmm. a way to, like, integrate that so that, you know, 
it's it, you're not constantly being pulled between the two. Yeah. Because uh, I remember one of the biggest challenges for me was like, well, um, our youth nights were on Sunday evenings, and that was always when we had dinner together as a family. Oh, so, wow. oh, I just, wow. you know, I was having to give up dinner with the family in order to go to those youth nights, and yeah. I don't know that that's really the way it's supposed to be. So, right. um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what's on the horizon. I think we're heading in a really exciting and good direction, yeah. a more holistic direction. Yeah. Some of the ideas they had was just. Um, to actually have like family nights mm-hmm. um, where you would have like parents and like maybe even like your brothers and sisters, they would come um, and like people would come and it'd be a potluck, but you're at youth group and you might have an event, you might do a skit, a drama, a talk or whatever, but the focus was, was it was together as a family. And so it might have been for like more bigger events um, or a social event if it was a certain holiday, kind of to extend that invitation. Um, and even if you know if you had teens that for whatever reason, they come from difficult family backgrounds and family couldn't be there for whatever reason. You know, they would still feel part of the bigger families that are there and people are interacting and it's, you would have parents that or maybe helping out in the kitchen, you know, setting up the food. Um, so yeah, like there, there was a lot of ideas that I started to kind of throw out there, like how else can we incorporate the families to, to make this as an outreach as a whole? Um, yeah. Oh, there was a really cool story yeah. where... Um, there, one of the, was it a youth minister? Um, that they, they were having like a, a father-daughter kind of thing. And so um, they brought all the, the dads in with their daughters, the teenage daughters, and they had the daughters pray over their dads. And then wow. the dads That's powerful. prayed over the daughters. Um, and That's this, amazing. this youth minister who was having a very, uh, later on, like he was just having a huge struggle, like in their state in life with some family stuff. Um, He's just started to notice like this outpouring that was happening from like the community and especially from the parents. And this dad had approached him and he said, I had never prayed over my daughter and you gave that to me. You gave me that opportunity. And so let me help you in this way with the Mm. situation that you're going through. Um, And so it's just kind of this, it really, I'm just getting chills. Like it just really (laughs) begins to establish this, this uh, culture of, of prayer, of faith, of a family coming together, of yeah. people living in community. Absolutely. Um, and just like that authenticity, like, yeah. and really kind of coming back to our roots and that like, you know, the early, the early days in the church, it wasn't about like, how much catechesis can we explain to everyone? Mm-hmm. And how can we make sure that um, everybody's kind of checked off all of the boxes. You know, it was very much a lived, real faith. Yeah. There was a whole lot of power behind everything that they were doing. Oh I mean, gosh, yeah. when they weren't running for their lives. I mean, like, <laughs> um, you know, I, I just like, I think back to those like early Christian communities and it like they were teaching through living it. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. often, and I've even seen this like in my own ministry where it sometimes it, the challenge that comes at you or the temptation is it feels like the rug has just been pulled out from underneath you and like mm. there's no power behind anything that you're doing, you know, and I think it's really easy to kind of um, get stuck up in our heads and, you know, have an intellectualized, rationalized faith and yeah. stop living from our hearts, you mm. know, and stop um, really doing what it is that God's called us to do. Um, yeah. And so when we integrate things like that, like praying over each other into the ministries that we're doing and we make it real um, in that context, like, oh, my gosh, the Holy Spirit shows up and, uh, yeah, lives are changed, yeah. transformed. One of the things I used to talk about was um, – when I, I think it was like maybe my second or third year in ministry, yeah. I was like, I am so done with like life sustaining ministry. Like I'm done with it. Like I don't, hmm. 
I don't think there's any value in it. Like, if I'm going to do ministry, then it's going to be life-changing. Um, yeah. And there's a big difference between, like, life-sustaining and life-changing. Life-sustaining is basically people show up, you give them exactly what they need to keep them going. Life-changing uh-huh. is there's a transformation. There's, you know, this change that takes place because they've truly encountered Jesus Christ. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, sometimes, like, when when I'm preaching and, um, like, it's happened a couple of, oh, it just kind of happens. Like, because the way I preach, I mean, I have my bullet points, and then all of a sudden stuff just starts coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's Holy Spirit. Um, but, like, that's one thing that I kind of, and kind of coming back to, like, just praying over people and just something that just kind of um, life-producing. How did you say it? Life-producing? Not life-sustaining, right? What did you say? Oh, life-changing. Life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I really encourage, I, I kind of, make a point of telling the parents, um, telling the adults, I'm like, pray over your children, you know, pray, yeah, pray over your grandchildren. Um, and then I'm like, you know, we, we have that authority over them to be able to bring blessing upon them. Like, and it's even scriptural. Um, and so it's just to, to really just encourage that, you know, that like, yeah, like when we pray, yeah, we're praying at mass and before we, you know, have our meals, but it's not just that, like it's meant to just really exude from, from our very life, that that's how we're meant to approach things, um, to reach out to someone and just to say, like, not just to be like, oh, I'll, I'll keep you in my prayers, oh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in my thoughts, <coughs> but to just be like, no, can can I pray for you right now? Let me pray over you right now. Um, and that that's a little jarring. Like, that's kind of, oh, yeah, you know, it's a little scary to do because you're like, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Some people might even say it's crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, if we are Christian, and like if we really believe that, like the God is powerful, like He can control, like He is He He controls all of time and creation, but not control it. I mean, like He He is God, He is everywhere. And if we're Christian, we're brought into Christ. You know, we are heirs to that great power that's living inside of us. Absolutely. Um, that we should be able to do that on others. Like we should be able to, like bring about uh, bring about God's blessing, His power, His authority to heal, to like just change people's lives on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, yes, uh. you know, it's so <laughs> like I'm just getting like super excited. I mean, because it's so real, it's so true, and yet it's all like, oh no, I only go to mass on Sundays because that's all I do. Because that's what I do as a Catholic, and I pray my rosary. And don't get me wrong, like the rosary, the rosary is so beautiful. It's also very powerful. I mean, Padre Peel would like call it his weapon. Yeah. Um, and like the mass, there's such a dynamic, there's such a reality that is there. But like, really, I mean, is that all that your your life or your spirituality is? Is just like this dynamic moment in which you go to mass for about an hour, maybe, and then that's it. You're done. Like, no, like it's it's you're meant to go forth. I mean, that's why the priest says, you know, go forth. The mass and it is is ended. Um, it, and we're being sent out. We're being to sent. We're sent out with that power, with that grace. You know, with God living inside of us. And so that's meant to be something that transforms us every single day. Absolutely. And then transforms the people that are around us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love being Catholic. <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about family because I um, actually had family in town um, this this last weekend um, oh. for Father's Day weekend. What? Yeah. You didn't tell me this. I didn't. Okay. But it was great. We, um, we had a really good time. My, two of my aunts brought down my grandmother from New Jersey. That's where um, all the rest of the family is from. <laughs> Um, Do they have that accent? A Joyzy accent? No, they would be very, um, they'd be very offended by that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> They're bad, from sorry. South Jersey. Sorry, so sorry. It's a whole different world. <laughs> like it's it's not the same as, Nor- as North Jersey. Sorry. Um, but yeah, we, uh, 
We, we definitely had family in town. It was great. It was a good time. Um, but it also was really interesting just to see the differences between how they live out their faith and how we live out ours. Mm. Um, and they were staying at my sister's house, and um, her husband just came into the church at oh, Easter. beautiful. Um, it really was. It was pretty cool. They came into full communion with each other and with the church on their one-year anniversary. Oh, so yes! Like, well, <laughs> thanks be to God. Um, so a little bit of a praise report there. Um, nice. But... We, uh, we pray together as a family at meals, and that's something that we've added in recent years. It wasn't something we ever did in public. Like, we would only mm. pray at meals, like, when we were at the house or together, yeah. um, but not something we ever did in public. And I started to get really convicted on that, and I was like, oh, you know, like, if we're praying behind closed doors, like, I think we ought to be praying, like, out as well. Yeah. Not to make a show of it, not to, like, not right. get patted on the back or anything like that, but just, like, the power of that witness. Yeah. Um, and there's actually been some really great things that have happened to us. Um, in starting to do that. Um, and we kind of take turns too, which is cool. Like sometimes my dad leads it, sometimes I lead it. Yeah. Um, you know, and now sometimes my sister's husband's leading it. And, oh, cool. um, so yeah, it's really good. But I could tell um, just how awkward and uncomfortable it was <laughs> for my <laughs> northern family. They were like, wait, we're going to do this in public? Like, are you crazy? Like, yeah. oh, God, there goes Abby again. Like, <laughs> this is what happens when you have a campus minister in your family. <laughs> like, right. Um, but anyway, I think by the end of it, I hope and pray that they were okay and that Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny how we get so crazy? Like there's this fear that just kinda takes over, like what are people gonna say? What are like, they gonna think? Yeah, like oh like what if I do like even here in the South, it's like what if I do the sign of the cross? You Absolutely. Know? It's just like I don't wanna offend anybody. You know, and, and it's there's there's a there's a real persecution, uh being Catholic here in the South. Um and not like persecution, like, you know, pitchforks and like fire or whatever, but like torches. Um, but just like little comments that are said every now and then, like, oh, there you go. You worship Mary. Da, da, da. Or like, and it's and like, the saints. Don't yeah, forget that. Oh, yeah. We worship <laughs> the saints. Um, and, it's, and sometimes it's done like jokingly by the friends or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just like, no, we don't. Like, it, you know, you, you can laugh it off. But like there, there's something that's there that just kind of. There's there's these little lies that are just kind of floating around that people are believing, um, and enough people believe them that all of a sudden they start talking to other Catholics, and then the Catholics start saying like, oh maybe I do worship Mary, maybe I do. Right. And it's like no, like like no, there, there's just so much more to our faith. There's there's a reality, there's a truth that people don't understand um, and hasn't been passed down. Yeah, um, I think there's some good that comes out of that. Um, the challenges though, because mm-hmm. like oh, true. I think Catholics in the South tend to be um, I don't know, have a little bit more fire or a little bit more tenacity when it comes to, to being challenged. Yeah. Um, and and they tend to know their faith a little bit That's better, very too. True. That's very true. Um, and, like, I think back even to how I was when I was, like, in middle school when I had um, a Protestant coming across the table, the lunchroom table at me, screaming and yelling really? at me that Damn. I worship Mary and the Saints, oh like, gosh. literally coming across the table. Like, it was scary, <laughs> <laughs> like, terrifying. Wow. My friends, me and, like, the one other Catholic in my middle school – she was coming at both of us, and, like, the rest of the table was just, like, what is happening right now? And, like, the lunchroom gets silent, and all you hear is her ranting about, you're worshiping Mary and the Saints, you're oh going my- to hell, you're going to oh burn in hell. And so wow. part of me, I mean, was, like, I couldn't, I couldn't answer her. Like, for one thing, I was being intimidated, but, like, 
I honestly didn't have an answer. Like, and I realized I was like, oh man, like I really don't know my faith. Um, and so, I mean, now in retrospect, looking back on that, like that was a pivotal moment in my life because I made a decision. I was like, I'm never not going to know what I believe in and why ever again. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to know what I believe and why I believe it and be able to share that hopefully with people too. That's so interesting that that's your experience. Because so, <laughs> yeah. I, I was so I was born and raised in Los Angeles, and um, so West Coast kid, right here, West Coast kid, um, and but it's being in Los Angeles, it's a very like Hispanic Mexican you know culture, um, and so the Catholic faith is very present. Um, so we're it's culturally Catholic, and yet people also practice. So it's not just kind of like oh we're just Catholic and that's it. Um, you do have that, but like people do practice the faith. Um, and so when I was going to youth group or when you know, middle school or high school, um, high school, when I started to get more into it, I mean, it was, it was just understood like, oh, I'm Catholic. Oh, you're Catholic too. Like, and it was just something that was kind of shared. Um, and even for those who, you know, who weren't practicing their Catholic faith, you know, as a teen, um, or that weren't Catholic, um, it was very comfortable for us to be able just to share it. Um, because of, uh, of our youth group, we had so many people from our youth group that would go that were part of the two uh, high schools. Um, and so it wasn't like odd or weird um, that you know we would share our faith or invite people to retreat or even, so we would have a retreat weekend um, and then we would have those shirts and then the following day, that following Monday when we're going back to school, like you would see just like dozens of other teens wearing the shirt from that retreat walking around campus. Um, and so there was, there was something that was just kind of comfortable of like, yeah, like this is my faith. Uh, you have a question, I'll try to answer it, but I might not know it, but I'm okay with that. You know, there was something there. so awesome. Um, And then to kind of then see kind of the experience of of those of the South here, the teens here in the South, um, that like you, like those had really began to kind of dive deep, like there's a strong conviction. There's almost this ingrained, like I'm Catholic, like that's, I'm gonna live out my faith, Um, which is really cool. It's really cool to see that. when I go to various parishes and when we go to the diocesan events uh, to be able to see, like even though we're a minority uh, right. here in the South. And for those who don't know, like in the Diocese of Savannah here, like we're 3% Catholic, right? <laughs> right, 3%. Maybe 3%, yep. but I think we are 3% it's Catholic. 3%, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're a mission territory. We're kind of yeah. considered a mission territory. And it takes six and a half hours to get from one side, just from the one farthest point to the other farthest point. <laughs> that is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like common for us to just drive an hour or two just to go you know, check out a parish or visit someone or whatever. It's just like everything's so spread out here. Um, Small but mighty. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. big in landmass, but small in people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But big in heart. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's that's the southern way, big in heart. It's Catholic, (laughs) y'all. Cool. So, um, yeah, yeah. Really great conversation. Uh, we're hoping to kind of continue doing this and um, and just share our experience, share it in faith, and just having casual conversations. Um, and yeah, hope that everyone is having a good day, good week, and uh, we wish you the we wish you the best. We pray for you, and I know that you're in our prayers for all those listening. We hope this will be a help to you and. Um, hope that it's inspiration and encouragement for you to be able to keep going and for you to be able to live the faith. Father, would you mind giving us your blessing? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. (laughs) All right.